Jesus is attractive. What do I mean by that? Well, he wasn't physically attractive. We can find that in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2, that says there was nothing in him that people would want to follow as far as a physical sense or a majesty or a physical attraction. But he was attractive. When you look at the crowds that drew around him, what they saw in Jesus was a a presence of God unlike anything else they had seen before. And rightly so, they saw not just in what he said, but they saw him hang out with the outcasts, uh, show kindness and love towards those who were set aside from society. He came and he offered forgiveness when that was not heard of before. It's the kind of thing that came from God. And he also showed uh, the good news of God sending a Messiah through signs and wonders. People that he was with received healing. People who were lame or paralyzed or those who were uh, even in a funeral, their son or daughter was raised back to life by Jesus. He certainly was attractive. And when you look at the, uh, the character that he modeled, his love, his mercy, his compassion, his kindness, it was attractive. I don't know about you, but when someone encounters God, they want to tell everybody because they've just encountered the living God. It becomes attractive. We want more. And so when people saw Jesus, they saw someone who was attractive with the presence of God. What about for you and I? People see the attractiveness of Jesus when we say something like this in prayer. Jesus, more of you and less of me. Uh, I want to live for only Christ, not for anything else. As we make that commitment, we find ourselves becoming attractive, not because of who we are, but because of the presence of God that shines through us. And my heart's desire is that you, uh, through this sermon, would find yourself desiring and hungering for the presence of God in your own life where the beauty and majesty of the good news becomes more than just news, but becomes truly good news because people meet Jesus in all of his array. They meet Jesus in the fullness of who God is, his presence. I was amongst a large group in a conference in Sydney, listening to a preacher by the name of Sean Boltz. This is a guy who I've greatly admired. I didn't know a great deal about him prior to this conference. But as I watched him minister uh, after he preached, he began to give words of knowledge uh, of couples that were there, the husband and wife's name. And then also as they stood, he would then say, does this particular date, and he would call out a date, uh, mean anything to you? I watched his one husband, uh, everybody giggled afterwards, but This one husband, he uh, said, no, it's not special at all. I I don't know what that date means. And his wife ribbed him and said, that's our wedding date. He'd forgotten. And so one after one, we saw about uh, half a dozen to a dozen people who uh, Sean Boltz called out and then shared intimate detail of what God saw in them and pulling them up to what God saw ahead of them. It was so beautiful. I came away from that going, God, you are so much more expansive than what I had first imagined. I didn't realize that you could hear so clearly, 
even dates and specifics of people's names. And it made me hunger for more because the beauty of God is attractive. Again, I was overseas uh, at a mission um, with a guy by the name of Jossie Choco. He runs a mission on the northern side of India. Now, in India, many of the Christians live on the southern side, but he had purposed uh, to uh, plant churches on the northern side of India and felt like God had told him to plant 100,000 churches. Crazy. Well, when we arrived there, they reported that they had already planted 20,000 churches. And as I looked at the different things that they were doing to reach the lost, I saw uh, young men and women under the age of 25 giving their lives to go serve in villages that had never heard the gospel of Jesus' name. Some of these villages would be antagonistic and would be, uh, some of them would not even return back because their lives would have been lost in those villages due to being a follower of Christ. Uh, some of the people that we met were uh, caring for the young orphans and widows. Others were caring for the homeless. And in, in particular, I met a guy who was a pastor and he was caring for the homeless. They had put a refuge aside and these were not just any homeless, they were those who had mental illness. And they cared for them day in, day out. And just with the love and mercy of God and compassion of God. They have seen, at the time that we were there, they had seen two people who become completely healed of their mental illness. They were sent back home and restored. We heard story after story. But the one thing that uh, really stood out to me the most coming back home was we were at a church of 400 uh, Indian people. And at the end of the service, they said to our team, which was about 12 of us, would you go to the front and pray for those who have needs for healing or breakthrough? Well, we went to the front, not really knowing what to expect. A hundred people must have stayed behind. And for the next hour and a half, we prayed nonstop. I mean, nonstop, we sweated it out. And it was, uh, I was just so amazed. I had never seen up to that time or since such a hunger for the presence of Jesus. Uh, we saw God move in tremendous ways. Jesus is attractive. I wonder for you, is the Jesus that you know attractive to those around you? Is the Jesus that you know through you attractive? We're going to have a look at a story today that's found in Acts chapter 3. And leading up to this story, uh, the church has been birthed. They have had the Pentecost uh, experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, Pentecost in our calendar is coming up the very next Sunday. And I'm really expectant of what God wants to do in our church. Here was the early church. They had just experienced the most amazing touch from God. Tongues had broken out, out of those uh, tongues of different languages. Those who were around, they heard those tongues. They were attracted to what God was doing, a, a new thing. And many believed in the gospel that day. Peter begins to explain what had just happened. At the close end of chapter 2, we begin to hear a story of Peter saying that, uh, in fact, uh, the writer of Acts saying that the church was unified. They were giving up their possessions for the poor. They were meeting together regularly, eating and fellowshipping together. And finally, they were listening to the apostles preaching uh, with signs and wonders. So when we enter into this story in, in Acts chapter 3, 
I believe it's actually one of those stories of the signs and wonders that was happening amongst the apostles and the disciples. And it's quite a significant story. Uh, Peter and John, we find at the very start of this story, are uh, preparing to go to a prayer meeting. And the prayer meeting happens to be in the uh, outer courts of the temple. And so as they come to the temple, they come to the, the eastern gate called the gate called Beautiful or the Beautiful Gate. And at the gate was a, a man who was lame. He was on a mat and he was begging, uh, asking people, passers-by, whether they would give money to him. And Peter and John, uh, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic. Here is a gate called Beautiful. It's the entry point into the courts. And yet here was a man who was lame and uh, he was unable to walk anywhere. He's stationed at the gate because in his day he was not allowed to go in. It was the Jewish culture that anything that was unholy uh, would not be allowed to enter the courts. And he was deemed as unholy as one who was lame. Now, this is uh, an interesting thing because uh, Jesus did something completely different. We find that uh, Jesus, even though this was the Jewish system, Jesus does something different. He, we find him with the outcasts. We find him with those who are sick, who are lame, who are leprous, those who are considered unholy. And so Peter and John, they look at this man, aware of his need, and this man realizes, uh, as they say, look up, uh, we want to talk to you. He realizes something is about to happen. Let's pick it up in verse 5 of Acts chapter 3. So the men gave them uh, his attention, uh, sorry, the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Now let's just pause there for a moment. This is a bit of an anticlimax for him. He gets uh, noticed that these guys might want to help, but then finds out they've got nothing to really help him with. Uh, in any of our experiences, if we were to pause here and try and write the story without knowing the end, we might say that Peter and John stopped, they crouched down, they talked with him for a while, they sympathized with his need, they prayed with him, maybe they even shared the gospel with him about how Jesus forgives sin, and maybe they even uh, would lead him to, um, uh, to a hope of Jesus, knowing that one day in the resurrected life, his body will be restored. But this isn't what happens. Uh, we find the second half of verse 6. Listen to what takes place. Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Well, what is it? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's greater than anything else we have to offer someone who is in need. The beauty of the message of the gospel is deeper than many of us have understood. And here Peter and John, they give him uh, not just the gospel, but they give him the tangible gospel, the tangible good news. Uh, we don't have any money, they say, but we've got something better. At this point, you are taking a risk. If you're stepping out like Peter and John, you're really taking a risk according to who you know Jesus to be. And let me suggest, if you don't really know who Jesus is, you're going to struggle to step out in faith according to praying for the sick or giving a prophetic word or um, bringing the, the presence of God into a, a place that desperately needs a, a touch from God. Verse 7, we read on and he says, 
Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping, I love this, and praising God. This is exactly what you would expect Jesus would have done. And here Peter and John, they just simply lean into the name of Jesus and they declare healing over him. So the good news becomes actually good. It's not just news. And so this man, I imagine him, uh, he's ecstatic. I imagine him testing out his new legs, walking to and from, testing it out. He would have had to walk up 15 stairs into the uh, outer court. And then uh, he begins to jump up and down, testing it out again. And then he breaks out into rejoicing. Uh, He breaks out into this loud, maybe even laughter, and just declaring, God, I can't believe it. You're so good. Uh, I imagine at that point, and it's not written here as this, but I imagine him breaking down and crying, overwhelmed. And I've seen that in the lives of others who have been touched that way. When I was in Uganda, uh, we had a guy whose leg was instantly healed. Uh, This guy had lost movement, um, full movement of his leg. He had had pain uh, through his leg for some time. Uh, We heard his testimony. uh, In fact, it wasn't even the team that prayed for him. uh, We had led a a session where others prayed for each other. And um, we were just amazed at the testimony, even though it was broken through an interpreter. It was hard to understand completely. But all I remember is this guy, he's uh, karate kicking his leg out to the side, showing everybody, I've got movement back. Jesus has healed me. Uh, I, can, I just think of this guy when I think of the story in Acts chapter 3, where there's this rejoicing, there's this excitement. I've got to tell other people, I've got to show them what God has just done. If we, know, if we knew how beautiful the good news of Jesus was, we wouldn't need anyone to convince us to share it with others. Just like this man, it became really evident with those around him. In fact, we find in verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? In other words, this wasn't done because we had some special right because of our goodness or our, our religious favor with God. It wasn't because it was by our own power as though we've mastered something ourselves. It's simply because of the good news of who Jesus is. The good news is backed up with signs and wonders and it's backed up with everything of who Jesus is. And so uh, through this, Peter begins to explain that this is a Jesus that you all know about, that perhaps you've even met before. This wasn't too far after the resurrection of Jesus. And he says that this is the one that went to the cross. Many of you saw that happen yourselves. That in fact, this is the the man who was killed, who was innocent, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of that. And then he closes by saying in verse 16, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. He says it's through faith in Jesus. He was the the punchline of everything that had just happened. He was the reason for the beauty of the message. 
it comes back to Jesus. The result that day of what God did was he added from 3,000 people to 5,000 people who now believed in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's attractive. The message of Jesus is attractive. I'd like to suggest that one of the reasons we don't uh, share with an urgency the message of Jesus is that we don't have a big enough experience of who Jesus is in our life. And we haven't really understood that what Jesus did in his ministry is also ours today to, to minister to others, that the good news is more than just news. It's good because Jesus manifests himself amongst his disciples. Do you know, after Jesus went up to be with the Lord, it's recorded in Mark 16, 20, that after Pentecost, the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. He wants to do even greater things through just us simply stepping out and sharing the good news of who Jesus is. So here's the question I have for you today, and this is a question that is for me also. Is your Jesus attractive? Is your Jesus attractive? The Jesus that you tell other people about, the Jesus that's modeled through you, not just talked about, but uh, modeled through you, the way that you live your life, do people get attracted to the Jesus in you? If not, then I want to suggest that God has a journey for you to grow in the beauty of just how great his good news is. And so I want to pray for, uh, for those today um, that if, if you want an encounter, uh, if you want to encounter more of Jesus today, and I don't just mean because you feel like you should or it's the right thing to do, uh, but if you're really hungry for more of Jesus, I want to invite you to stand where you're at. Just in your lounge room, uh, I want to invite you to stand. And, uh, and I'm going to pray for you in just a moment that God would uh, encounter you over this next week in such a way where you uh, are able, you just can't help but share with others the attractiveness of what Jesus is doing in you and that you'll have a faith that rises uh, to share the same Jesus that you've read about with those around you. Also, if you have a need for healing, and I want to uh, call out those who perhaps have um, back pain or hip pain, and perhaps it's been for some time. Uh, there are those in our church who've had long-term uh, issues and, uh, and maybe even terminal news uh, over them, and perhaps it's cancer or Alzheimer's or it's arthritis. Uh, maybe you've been suffering with migraines uh, or Crohn's disease uh, or kidney stones. And, uh, or even bladder issues. If that's you and, and you would like to uh, receive a healing from Jesus and it's in your heart to actually seek him out for this, then I want to invite you to stand also. Take a bold step of standing where you're at. And those around you at home, if there is people with you, uh, I just want to invite them to place their hands on you as we pray for you. So let me pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for every single person who's standing. Firstly, for those, Lord God, who have a hunger for you, they desire to be full of the, the good news message manifest in them and through them where Jesus is attractive. Father God, we ask that when people see us, that they would come face to face with the Jesus that we read about, the Jesus that we've encountered, 
the Jesus that we've experienced in our life. So Father God, would you come? I just declare over every single person, touch them right now. Lord God, may your fire come upon them and may they encounter you through different ways right through this week. In Jesus' name. I pray over those, Lord God, who are standing because they're standing in faith, seeking you for a miracle over uh, their bodies. And I declare over you the healing power of Jesus. I declare that the body, you must come into order. That those things that have bound uh, up the body, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind up cancer. I bind up arthritis. I bind up uh, uh, depression uh, where it has been added to, um, added to lifetime tra- uh, traumatic experiences in the past. And I declare a peace of God over them. I bind up, Lord God, Crohn's disease. And in the name of Jesus, I declare complete healing in Jesus' name. just want to invite you uh, to test out your bodies, just to see if, if you can, to see if there's been any noticeable change. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have had a touch from God this week, and just in your encounter and your testimony, I'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. God bless you. Have a great week.